you know, it's been, it, it's, it's just, I don't know. You know, I'm just like, it's Whoa. dark in there. Indeed. I, I just, boy, you know, it's eerie in here. Yeah. <laughs> you have acquired Huel board. I, yes. This is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? I'm in the mood for some water. <laughs> here we go. This is a strange, this is a strange place. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. Uh, that dog ate every <laughs> speck of that avocado. Now that's an avocado-eating dog. Now that's an avocado By the avocado dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I was trying to explain this to my family the other day. I yeah. was like, you understand, he, like, he cannot let go of the avocado-eating dog, and then I, like, made them watch. It's simply astounding. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we've, I've made some soundboard upgrades. I've also got a, a butter board now. But just look at me now. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Saturday is treat day. And it is indeed Saturday as we record. It is so. indeed Saturday. And <clears throat> this is this is our treat to you. Mm-hmm. 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 You won't hear it until sometime next week. Uh boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> if the if we can make the website cooperate. Yeah. Yeah. Um however. Uh the, let's see. This is the, 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 let's you get into actual show notes here. Um, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> This is off to a great start. Um this is the season three finale we're happy to announce. Yes. As we, we've scientifically determined through uh, an arduous process that 14 episodes makes a season. Um, right. So we're capping it off with this one. However, uh, episodes will continue in a different form uh, because, because unlike previous times, we've taken a break where we've been able to, say, go outside. Um, that's not, not possible anymore. So. <laughs> we'll, you'll see us we'll be around yeah we, got, we don't got a lot to do but i think you know i mean we have this is the thing as we were working on the show notes today we realized that it's just jam-packed with coronavirus stuff because that's all that's really happening and to be honest i'm kind of bored of it i don't really need to yeah i just Oh boy, it's yeah. a lot and it's overwhelming. And uh, I think, yeah, so we, we'll talk later in the show about what sort of things we're going to do instead. Uh, but we're definitely going to take a break from coronavirus related content. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of hard to be like, um, I've just, it's like I'm um, drained of all of the hormones that like make me feel anything about it. You right. know, yeah. like I already am eating. <laughs> From the trash can all the time. Yeah. No stimulus can really excite me about it anymore. I mean, yeah, yeah. I got enough for today's show. <laughs> this is the thing, and, and Zizek said this. We don't really want what we think we desire. That's, that's the whole problem, I think. So I think true. we can agree. So true. Yeah. Knowledge. We also want to remind everybody in this, these troubling times that we're all in together. Yeah. That uh, we have a Patreon. Yeah, and you can uh, go to it. The website is w w Patreon. Full stop. <laughs> uh, what even is it? I can't remember. We haven't. Good, we've, good we've, stuff. We... At good stuff FM. Good stuff. Pa- Patreon.com uh, slash good stuff. 
Good stuff. Just good stuff. Just good stuff. Patreon.com slash good stuff. Some folks have joined uh, recently, and we're, we're thankful for that. It helps support uh, the network and the hosting costs. Um, yeah. The, the Good Stuff free. Network hosts this podcast and charges us no money for it, which uh, <laughs> a tremendous grift on our part. Am I right? Hey. <laughs> How did we pull that one yeah. off? <laughs> um, so, yeah. You but know. yeah, you get see, you get like episodes uh, of shows that are better than ours, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> there's some, kind of there's some crossover. There's some crossover events. Yeah. Uh, that you can listen to. Yeah, we might maybe you know what maybe what we'll do is we'll throw some stuff. Mm. How how this is just coming up with this now. Yeah, well we we'll do it maybe, live. Yeah, maybe the stuff that we're gonna do we'll we'll do some stuff on Patreon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll we'll throw up some special stuff on there. Yeah, how's I like that, that. How's that sound? Uh huh. Yeah, sounds good to me. So. Get for some more information about things. Get into Patreon. You can when once you join, you get a podcast feed. You get bonus stuff but you also get access to our good stuff discord server yeah um where you can just come and complain about our show uh directly to us <laughs> really there's no more direct line to us than on the discord <laughs> um speaking of direct lines i'm just mainlining kimchi rice large max yeah have you had kimchi fried rice? I have not. No, I'm not super familiar with kimchi in general. I would say, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. style of food is not especially popular around here. So there's not a lot of Korean food. No, I. In fact, I don't really know where I could go to get it. I know where I could get Thai food, but yeah, Korean food. That one's. Not... This is something that's interesting to me because I feel like, um especially like Southern California, there's like a lot of Koreans. Mm, mm-hmm. and, um, and so, I mean, even in my small desert area that generally is just like chains, you know, there's, there's at least two Korean, maybe three Korean places mm-hmm. out here. I like um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so it's like probably just more common in, southern california and i forget that that's not as common everywhere else but yeah it's um anyhow kimchi rice is like to me i make i made like one of those big cambro containers like i think it's like a five quart container Mm -hmm. of kimchi uh, a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. um and i basically just use it to make kimchi fried rice so you dice up the kimchi and you take the juice that's like the spicy right juice from it mm-hmm. and you use that to make fried rice and i man i don't know something happens man something happens when you fry that stuff up it almost gets like a little sweeter but like there's this savory spice in it oh, i basically i've eaten it like every day for 2 weeks mm. like i can't stop making the kimchi fried rice <laughs> can't stop old stuff <laughs> can't stop you put you put like a little like uh over easy, over medium fried egg mm, on there, mm-hmm. and you get the yolk and it goos up in the right. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I it's can heavy. say I haven't made kimchi fried rice, but I did make fried rice last week, chicken fried rice. You know, oh yeah, you were taught you were investigating chicken fried rice methods. I did. How'd it go? I, I did. Um, what did I? Do? Let's see. There was a there was a recipe that said to use butter instead of oil, but I rejected that because that sounded a little too weird. Um, but yeah, you know, oh. I had some day old rice. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I I think I did a pretty good job. Um, it was maybe a little bland flavor wise, so I might need to add a little a little something something to make it taste better. But uh, no, I'm gonna give you the pretty secrets. good. I mean, it was cooked well. But yes, please good go job. ahead. I, I I desire a secret. The fried the fried rice secret, <clears throat> and I I picked this up because I was talking to a guy. Now wait, should who... this be should this be uh, exclusive Patreon knowledge, or are you okay with revealing it? <laughs> we should we should just do a Patreon episode on fried rice on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, two white guys talking about fried rice what, <laughs> that you have to pay for. Uh, that's not appropriation or anything. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the yes. thing, the thing. The th- <laughs> there's always why is there always one more i don't know how it happens it's amazing do you have like many of these yes <laughs> no there's only the one it's always wow it's always exactly five yeses <laughs> i don't know i can't count it in my I head d- something happens i know it's like when you learn a word or like when you read a word enough times that you start to think that it's misspelled and you can't untrain your brain <laughs> Jeez, that's my everyday Uh. struggle. So the fried rice secret. So first of all, they were on the right path with butter. Oh, okay. Um, See, that's using. I thought that I wanted to try. Like I was like, that seems like a level two recipe, and I want to try level one and see how that goes. No, yeah, that makes sense. That's the the good instinct. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, there was one that said use fresh made rice, and I was like, I know better than that. (laughs) There's a there's there's. You can it. I don't think it. I feel like that's not the point of well. fried rice, though, right? It I depends mean, the on the kind of rice. rice. It depends on the kind of fried rice, how much gluten it has on it, like how mm. much right stickiness it, it's going to have. Because a lot of the time, the freshly cooked rice is going to have more starch on the outside, right? And you don't always want that. You can work with that, but that's like advanced level. I say start with refrigerated fried rice from like the day before or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the starches won't do that as much. That it won't clump together. Mm-hmm. So the fried rice secret is number one. You could you could use a good oil like um you, you, good fat like butter, but also um ghee is a really good option because it has Ooh. a high smoke point. Mm-hmm. For fried rice, you want to get that pan hot. Yeah. You want yeah. to make it ripping hot. See, that's the thing that I that I struggled with generally is that I don't have a wok, so I'm trying to do this in my skillet, and it's just not as not as good. Yeah, I it's mean, not I as, do, it's not I optimal. It, <laughs> I do it in a skillet or a pan. It's just you got to get your quantities right. That's what's difficult. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, you, you need you need space. Um, yeah. So I prefer using ghee. Um, I had a Hawaiian friend who used bacon grease one time, and mm. that was pretty amazing. Um, you need a hot surface and you want to initially you want to be moving that rice you got to get it in the pan get it coated with the hot oil and you want to move it around to make sure the heat is very even and that it's getting evenly distributed and then you got to sugar 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 shake <laughs> see you say move sure that, that rice a- and all i can think of is from extreme makeover home edition where they're like move that bus <laughs> but with rice <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta you gotta get it in, in, in like an even layer and you want right. to stop well, yeah oh but i i've skipped the second secret here Uh-oh. which is you you season it with powdered chicken bouillon 
Yeah. Now you had mentioned this to me. However, I I had no such bouillon, and I was not in a position to easily obtain any. So I went. Right. Uh, did I add? I can't remember if I added a little bit of chicken stock or not. I don't think I did. That probably would have helped. Actually, it's not well, so not great, but you know. Here's the thing: this the 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 bouillon does because the secret of the fried rice is that you want. A good oil, you want it hot, you want to do it fast, you want to get flavor into it, but what you don't want to do is have too much liquid. Right. Because then yeah, what yeah. it does is it makes the rice kernel explode and it turns into paste and it's not good. Yeah. So that's why the chicken bouillon, the powdered bouillon, and I suppose you could use like beef or pork or whatever kind of bouillon you got, but it is powdered so it doesn't add more moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's kind of like, that's, that's the secret to me. Another secret is that when you're heating up the oil, you put aromatics in the oil so that the oil absorbs the flavor of like peppers, ginger, garlic, whatever you're mm-hmm. using. I did, yeah. That's and then the you thing, cook in it, that. It called for... I want to say it called for a little bit of garlic, but I also tossed, mm. well, you know, we always double the garlic. Yeah. That's key. Principle. Always double the garlic. Um, I did throw in, I have the frozen ginger cubes and I threw a couple of those in because nice. I was like, there's no way that this is going to make it worse, you know? No. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the right track. I think uh, I'm excited to see what you, I really want you to get some of that powdered chicken boy because it can't also wait has to see MSG what you do in it. it. <laughs> It also has MSG in it, mm-hmm. which which is like another thing. I, you like, know, honestly, I think that's probably what it was missing because that's what I'm used to chicken fried rice tasting like, and this yeah. did not taste like MSG. So I was like, it's yeah. just missing something, you know? Yeah. 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 That's 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 the big. I mean, work. people, stop being afraid of MSG. Yeah. It's we actually should do racist. an episode about MSG. <laughs> <laughs> we should call Dave Chang up mm. and have him come on and just do a rant on uh, MSG. Uh, good so, news. So, you got some good news. Good news. Mission accomplished. We've defeated the coronavirus, which is why we're shutting down the coronavirus task force. I like. There's no need for it anymore. Everything's under control. We're on the downswing. All done. Um. Y- y- yeah. It. It's all just just super really good. Um. We we love it. Uh. Yeah. No. If, this is this like, is real bad. I feel like there's this just um, like group psychosis, like this just insanity, and it's like kind of hard to like observe people just like their brains fully broken and not working right like their Mm. reasoning yeah because like normal people who have no no investment in the success of this administration like they might be liberals or something like that Mm -hmm. like i've seen them just be like oh this like these things are good news that we're that we're returning to normal yeah it's like uh, like this is is it this is good oh great we did it we did it and it's like what's wrong with your head friend yeah what is it what happened i don't know yeah this I don't is get not it. how viruses work right <laughs> they just don't not, not at they all don't go all right i give up yeah all done 
yeah. This is. A, I think. I, I think that they they have since denied this, but this was a story from earlier this week that the White House was plotting the breakup of the coronavirus task force because they. Uh, we, apparently, we don't need it anymore. We're you know it's uh, the task Everyone has been will completed. Just forget about it. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, also, I just love rule by task force. That's my favorite form of government is where you just form ad hoc task forces and have no clear long term. <laughs> is that like taskocracy? Yeah. <laughs> Created by David Allen. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Um, very dumb and bad. Um, and speaking of speaking of dumb and bad. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite organizations that we love to talk about on here, the Toilet Paper USA organization. Um, wow. They made a big deal uh, a couple weeks ago about um, they uh, said, oh, um, we're rejecting uh, federal you know, paycheck protection program assistance that has been offered to us because we won't accept government support. And they made it, you know, it was like a, we're making this big moral stand against big government or whatever until someone pointed out that you have to apply to that program. Like it's not just offered. You have to sign up for it. Yeah. Um, and I think they initially said that, uh, they declined to participate in the program, but then it, it turned out that in fact they did apply to it and then turned it down, uh, to be performative. Which, yeah, when people talk about virtue Bruh. signaling, when the right talks about virtue signaling, this is like at what actual literal virtual signal virtue signaling is <laughs> where you like do something and then you go, actually, never mind, because I'm that's against my and it's like, OK, cool, great, thanks. Uh, they wasted some poor banker's time who could have been approving a loan for an actual like decent business. <laughs> Well, bet you might want to back up on some poor banker, but uh <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they they definitely did tie up people's time. And that's yeah. kind of what they're there for, I think. Mm -hmm. That's like their whole thing. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just silly and it was kind of funny to see that whole thing get uh tossed back at them. It's like, "Yeah, you signed up for this only to turn it down." Cool. I just love to see the toilet paper United States of America. I love to see them get, with egg on their face. Get egg on their on their big ugly faces. Tripping the over themselves. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love to see it. Um, and inshallah, it will keep happening. Indeed. Speaking of tripping over ourselves, uh, Drew Magari had a column in Jen, uh, which is a parody of the ultra patriotic style. Uh, entitled coronavirus made a big mistake invading the greatest goddamn country on earth um and it's yeah it's just uh um it's a fun read because it's just like if the rona didn't want a roundhouse kick to the face it should have stayed the f out of america yeah oh wow these americans mean business and we do we mean business all the time <laughs> you see our stock market being ignored you see our boldest innovators turning down opportunities to leverage this crisis to their own personal benefit you see our pro sports owners refusing to donate a literal thousand of their net worth to aid the workers they've had to tragically furlough you see our most cherished brands blithely ignoring the chance to shoehorn nurses into their ads at the last second and concoct empty hashtags in support of our frontline workers not a chance <laughs> That's pretty uh, good. Which is, but I the think thing he's is, got there a are people, future ahead of him for I, writing. Yeah, you know, I very promising young man. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, the thing here is that there are people who actually think like this, which is the the thing that uh, causes me to become glitchified. 
I think yeah. about it. I think about it and I think, cool. I love this. <laughs> I love that there are people I, out there who are like, no, nah, we're America. We'll 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 beat the coronavirus. And it's like, beat it with what? I I just start glitching every time I hear the phrase in these troubled times. I just start gl- 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 <laughs> like I just I start like blipping in and out of reality and existence, like you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like I'm in Wreck It Ralph. In these troubling times, we're all in this together. <laughs> uh, you know, and I just, I'm just like, I will eat your ass. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the the clip of of him wilding out, he's having uh, a heck of a meltdown. May it's in full swing. It's in full swing. The thing is, his meltdown may is brought on by no one other than himself. He can wind himself up. Yeah, that's just that's what I think his show is is just him sitting there winding himself up until he can convince himself to say something crazy enough to get coverage. I think he know? just winds himself up until he's too tired and has to go off air so he can take a nap. <laughs> I like will a little, eat your like a ass. Kid. <laughs> that's why I want the globalists to know. I will eat your ass first. That's you know I honestly have the same message to the globalists. Yeah, watch out, globalists. <laughs> Speaking of globalists, have you seen what a uh, representative Joe Kennedy the Third has been up to? I saw a little bit of it, and I didn't like what I see saw. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, he, I, I, I became more. I'm becoming. My brain is just smoothening at an increasing pace. <laughs> it's really. It's he's really out here. Um, doing, doing the work. It's a, it's um, a, yeah, it was a, what was this? This was a Friday night, a Friday evening. I guess he, he must not he, have been able to go golfing because of the lockdown. So instead he logged right. on to Twitter and he, he made well, a series of tweets. Fortunately or unfortunately, yeah. he was there and he was online and he did say this. Yeah. I'm going to read this. Okay. Um, not a single patient should be forced to fight off medical bankruptcy in the midst of a global health pandemic. Okay. Without a lawyer by their side. Oh, oh wait. Okay, wait. Okay. Did we Not a did we did survivor. we did we need to add the uh the last clause there? <laughs> we know oh, who listen. Lawyers for all. L L L 4A in these troubling times. <laughs> Look, we know that you don't have health insurance and that you are going to get into medical bankruptcy, but we are pleased to offer you legal counsel in this difficult time. <laughs> Honestly, we need to keep uh, the lawyers working, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, perhaps that's what this is trying to do. Uh, yeah. He's got not yeah. a single American family should be forced to fight for their home against big banks without a lawyer by their side. Not a single worker should be forced to fight for their earned wages against corporations without a lawyer by their side. And it's like, my dude, you're so close. If you just control F for the phrase without a lawyer by their side and delete it, you're pretty much spot on. And that's, yeah. You could do this, buddy. On Twitter, Natalie Sure said, the idea of a right to civil counsel is a good one, but most of these are examples of injustices caused not by a lack of lawyers, but by capital's unchecked power over our legal and political systems in the first place. So, you know, another it's bright mind with a f- good future ahead of her. Yeah, it's just this is just another in the continuing saga of people who are so close to getting it and yet still so far away. But the good news is that um, this guy is going to replace Ed Markey uh, as a senator in Massachusetts, who's, uh, you know, the co-sponsor of the Green New Deal and generally good on a lot of positions. So, um, uh, yeah, that's good news. Great. 
love to gonna love to see this guy being a senator and then run for president in 2024. I can say to, we, to we, replace to swap out one Joe with another. We do love to see that. I like it. Yeah. Now you have an update that I'm I have I'm very excited about. This is follow up. So uh, last week uh, we did a, a an investigation uh, into Ben Shapiro, which is does he just sound smart because he talks fast? But I think uh, in a shocking twist, we ended up. Um, positing perhaps that in fact the case might be that Ben Shapiro or Keith Oberman are the same person, and I'm proud mm. uh, to say that I have done uh, a little work here. Um, and I think, well, I'm just I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to play the clips here, and we're going to. Would you see. say that the results speak for themselves? They do indeed. Um, also, this is amusing because this is from um, Keith Oberman did a series of videos in like 2016 and 2017, which were like the most hashtag resistance stuff ever. Um, and this is from the right. last of video of that series, which is, uh, it did not age well, shall we say. Um, deeply amusing to me for that reason. But uh, so here's, here's Keith Olbermann, uh, normal. I'm confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon. And I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. This is 2017, remember. Uh, the video, I would recommend going and watching the video because it's delightful. He talks about how um, there are seven paths in front of Trump and all of them either end with impeachment or resignation. And he bas this is like he's his basically like, listen, the Republicans are going to have to impeach him. They can't not. <laughs> um, but anyway, here is here is uh, Keith sped up uh, by 25 percent. I'm confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon. And I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. And then for good measure, here's Ben Shapiro again. Trying to balance the risks and rewards here is a difficult thing. The easiest thing you can do is say all damages caused are caused by the pandemic. And then again, Olbermann facts. I'm confident now, even more so. I think it's pretty clear. I think we figured Amazing. it out. <laughs> I think that's that's we I can't believe we're the first ones to stumble on this. Yeah, I think it's like a, a quantum, you know, it's like um it's it's like uh Ben Shapiro is a proton and Keith Olbermann is an anti-proton and if they ever get too close they'll just annihilate each other. <laughs> yeah, like they're just the exact science. opposites of each other basically. My answer is something called Cause, science. Cuz they're both aggressively wrong in very strange and obscure ways. <laughs> Yeah, and they're they're both yeah no yeah they're both like the the one side of the same coin right really yeah exactly the head the, and yes. that coin is America <laughs> uh, aren't we so glad for it <laughs> well speaking in case of you wanted, <laughs> speaking of things we're glad for I just um, look at this yeah oh boy look at we've got we've got a heck of a thing here. We've got uh, a heck of a take. Now, I believe we've talked about this account previously briefly. It is the neoliberal account on Twitter, and that's N-E-0 liberal, um, which is um, the account for the neoliberal project, which is a subproject of the uh, the PPI, the Progressive Policy Institute, which uh, I looked up their history a little bit. Basically, they were the um, they were like. Um, the cap to Hillary Clinton, but for Bill Clinton. So that's that's how long ago they were relevant. Um, 
They're basically so, you know, this is neoliberal stuff. This is basically like maximum third way extreme centrism. Um, So it's a very bad account for for many reasons. And uh, um, we're going to go through some of those reasons. They uh, well, first thing you need to know is that the neoliberal account has a globe emoji in its Twitter name, which is already always a sign. Yeah, always a sign. I mean, yeah, it's just this is absolutely spectacular. (laughs) um so uh uh someone tweeted and said what's the most overrated food um and the neoliberal account for some reason it's just someone who tweets as this account about banal things which is bizarre to me um but they reply and they say burritos they're incredibly inferior to tacos as a vehicle for consuming mexican food now, I had an Whoa. opinion about this, but I know that you, being a Mexican food connoisseur, would have uh, a, quite an opinion about this. Uh, this is just like the dumbest thing. I sent this to you in the hopes that it would further smooth your brain. And I think it succeeded. <laughs> it, really, it really did. It was almost like, like applying a thick lacquer. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> layers to this tweet, much like there are layers to a burrito. Um, first, I want to start with a vehicle for consuming Mexican food. Um, if I'm doing like engineering analysis, I have to say that a burrito is a far better vehicle for it's a far better food conveyance than a taco because it's enclosed on all sides. I mean, that's the whole point of it is it's a street food thing. You're not going to have <laughs> the filling fall out of your burrito, at least not as easily as like a taco. So that just seems right. ridiculous on its face. But you made the point right. that I made the point that that they are not vehicles, they are Mexican food. Right. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like you choose. I mean, this is the thing is like you go to a Chipotle and you choose whether you want a burrito or taco, but it's not necessarily that you're just choosing what's going to encase it. It's sort of yeah. do you want a and burrito or do you want a taco? <laughs> This person has not experienced actual Mexican food. Right. They've never, like, all they know is the Chipotle experience of, well, the Mexican food is all of the gloops and glops and fillings, and then you put the Mexican food- You put them in some kind of flat bread and or bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it just, that's just not true. Like- a burrito is a different thing from a taco. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, they often th- that- have, like, if you go to an actual Mexican food place, well, firstly, the burrito will usually be covered with something and served to you on a plate, you know, beans yeah, well, or maybe whatever. That's- well, in my case here, it, at our Mexican places. <laughs> but also, you know, the, the fillings aren't necessarily the same either because it's an entire, it's right. a different food. Right. Yeah, a lot of the fillings aren't the same. Like this is this is a bit like saying, "Oh, I prefer wheat bread to white bread," but the point is that that's not that's not the thing that's happening here. Or it's or it's almost like saying raviolis are better than turnovers as a vehicle for uh for Polish food, and it's or, or something <laughs> like like right. They're just different things. Like you don't you don't put like um like a sweet fruit filling inside a ravioli. Mm-hmm. And you don't put like a, a savory sausage Italian stuffing inside of a turnover. Like one's a dessert, one's a not like they're just different things. And and like the fact he doesn't understand that is like not surprising. My favorite reply to this tweet is someone who just replied Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yankee go home, dude. Like, I mean, like I'm a white dude, so like, right? 
but like it's not hard you know it's not hard to to know more about this stuff but yeah um, yeah and 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 it's just like to me it's also probably signaling like trying to be like oh tacos tacos seem more authentic ethnic, you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah they seem more authentic so i'm gonna choose those ones and i'm gonna be Right. This is the same person who has opinions about um, or, you know, like performatively chooses like uh, corn tacos over flour tacos because they're more authentic. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, the correct answer is to choose actually actual tacos in corn tortillas because they are better, but not because you want to. Not because you're trying to to signal. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Um, so that was tweet number one, bad take number one, bad take number two here. Um, hold is, on folks. We got a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're trying to smooth your brain. Uh, and this is, yeah. it may feel, I mean, this is the thing we've, we've cranked up the speed on the sander. We've gone to, uh, uh, a harder grit. Like it, we're, we're really diving in here. So this is okay. Small brain capitalism caused the coronavirus pandemic, large comma galaxy brain. Mouths great leap forward incentivize the consumption of wild animal meat, leading to the creation of modern Chinese wet markets that caused the coronavirus outbreak. Wow. Uh, this is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I got shot in the head. <laughs> wait, wait, I have a here's a wet market related sound clip. There are bats in here. <laughs> No, this is, I mean, uh, other people have written, we haven't talked about it, but plenty of people have written about how the whole wet market thing is very kind of orientalist. It's like, oh, they're, uh, they're eating bats or whatever, but it's not a. It's, it's just like a, racism, you know It's not mean? an uncommon thing amongst other countries of the world either. But also this just, uh, it's like, oh, definitely capitalism didn't cause the coronavirus pandemic. Instead, it, it was, it was to do with Mao. It's a long chain running back to Mao. Uh, and the great leap forward and uh you know so they eat they ate bats and now we have coronavirus it's like cool i love the i love the continued placing of blame for this whole thing on on china as if i i don't know i mean it's like there are the people literally think that china invented the virus which is like cool on its own but also do if you don't think that do you think that china somehow had like what did they do to make the virus go from a bat to a human well what I love about it is it's this weird little trick they play where they 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 create this situation where they say here here are the things that formed the virus in China and it's China's fault. Right. But then they don't continue the argument to be like and how did those situations occur in China? Right. Probably had nothing to do with the West. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just all China. Look no further. It's also Don't just examine. I haven't looked what into this created too the situation much, there. But I also am not sure that we have a good, solid understanding no, of how this came about know. anyway. Like what? This yeah. is all just conjecture at this point. Yeah. But, but cool. Sharpen your little ideolog- ideological stick <laughs> <laughs> and stab it right into my brain. And last uh, but not least is uh, this one got this me really steamed. good one. Uh, so <laughs> there's this image that um, floats around on Twitter and, and gets retweeted amongst certain circles uh, every once in a while. And it's just a sort of um, artistic depiction 
of a theoretical high-speed rail system for the U.S. It's done up in the style of, like, the London tube map, right? So it's not, like, geographically accurate or anything, but it's just, like, here's what we could have, you know, if we had high-speed rail, the sort of lines that we could have or whatever. And people retweet it. Um, in fact, the person who retweeted this and got it to go viral again uh, tweeted the picture and said, I don't watch porn, I just look at this and cry. <laughs> Oh, and I saw another person uh, who tweeted and said, um, feel like crap, just want her back. <laughs> so, um, but uh, the neoliberal account uh, quote tweeted the picture and said, anyone who posts this image should have their posting rights taken away, which is the sort of um, aggressively stupid nonsense they normally tweet, um, because this account is basically a troll account. Um, but then they, they, they. My favorite thing about them, too, is that, like, the thing they always jump to is that, like. Uh, because of this, people should have their rights taken away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like, listen, you're not solution. allowed to want high speed rail even at all, you know, cause oh it's like gosh. a bad image. It's inaccurate. Some people were complaining about that. It's an inaccurate image. And it's like, I regret to inform you that urban planning policy is not created on Twitter. <laughs> Wait till they learn about, uh, maps. Yeah. It's like, Wait oh, they in fact, about I, projections. I didn't realize that we actually circulated um, fully fleshed urban uh, policy planning documents on Twitter. Now, this is a full proposal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then they 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 replied to their own tweet and said, our director, Colin Mort, has written some words on this. And there was this article that they had back in January 13th entitled why high speed rail has failed and why it will continue to fail in America. And it's a very bad article uh, that I will be dissecting in depth in the future because it made me quite angry. <laughs> but it's frankly too much to get into right now. Um, just know yeah, that it's it's not uh, well reasoned in a lot of ways. It's I don't know this is the thing like it's not um, as bad as like some right wing person saying like oh we should uh, you know high speed rail bad or whatever. Like there are some. Again, they're very close to getting it right. Like there are some points that it's like yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, but also no. Um, if I were to summarize the conclusion of the piece, it would be um, the reason that high-speed rail has failed is because it's hard, and therefore it isn't worth trying to do. We don't, we don't, we don't have. Yeah, we shouldn't try. It's like, listen, hard. infrastructure is Just hard. It's not worth it. And then you, you go, but what about the massive highway system we built? And they say, well. <laughs> Um, anyway, we'll be getting into that, uh, in a future special episode, in fact, so. Well, uh, we have one more bad take, but this is not from the neoliberal account, but. Well, you know, you it darn this. well should, it could have been. It's hard to know. Um, yeah, yeah, this was a, um, uh, uh, the thing is, uh, so, so what happened is Ikea, uh, published the recipe for its Swedish meatballs. It's excellent Swedish meatballs. Um, so, mm -hmm. uh, some news outlets wrote this up, uh, the outlet fast company decided to assign this to apparently the one person on their staff who most dislikes Ikea and Swedish meatballs. I don't know why they couldn't find someone else to write about this. Instead, they had this guy, um, who who said uh, IKEA shared its famous meatball recipe and I made it so you don't have to, um, and he said uh, despite countless perilous trips to IKEA over the years I'd always abstained from the meatballs. I mean, who in their right mind eats an, an IKEA in the first place? And I would say everyone with good sense. 
That's like um, saying who eats at a Costco. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is just silly. <laughs> he talks about, he's like, okay, I ordered the stuff. It ended up coming out to a $45 Whole Foods delivery, which that it literally does not make sense to me how all of the ingredients to make these meatballs mm-hmm. would add up to that much. Um, and then he made it. He said the recipe requires almost zero technique, uh, as which I guess is a diss. <laughs> It wasn't hard enough. Uh, and then he rolled them up and then he seared them in his uh, Le Creuset, which I love that he says Le Creuset. Uh, we mm, got to signal some it. wealth there. Um, uh, and then make the sauce, blah, blah, blah. You make a roux and then you eat it. And he said uh, the outside is almost crunchy, which gives way to its perfectly moist and springy interior of the ball. The texture is superb and it tastes terrible. All I get is the flavor of onion, sweat and grease. The sauce is velvety and bland. It is offensive in its tragic inoffensiveness, uh, which is, I don't know what else to say apart from that. That's just wrong. Um, and I'm questioning whether he even made the recipe right. Cause it seems like he was like, did it begrudgingly. So I honestly don't trust that he did it correctly. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. How do you screw this up? I don't know. I think, like, you, I think you this- screw it up by just being like so mad that you aren't paying attention. <laughs> I've never been to an Ikea, nor have I had their meatballs, but like, I get the impression of what they, like, just looking at the ingredients and knowing what they, their what meatballs the dish are is. fine. And they're, they're generally spicier like, than like frozen meatballs you'd get at the grocery. But like, even frozen meatballs that you get at the grocery are fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a meat. It's just a ball of meat. I don't know. With onion and garlic. It's like I guess this guy's just how mad that not be that he good? can't go to his fancy restaurants that he normally eats at. I don't know. I don't quite understand this. This is this is bizarre. It's wow. absolutely bizarre. I haven't I haven't taken the time to look into this guy, but uh, I you know I have my my conjectures. <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, now I just want meatballs. Me too. Speaking of meatballs, mm. sure. Uh, have you seen Georgia? I've heard well, a little I'm bit about Georgia. Kinda... Yeah, I understand that they've decided to reopen because, as we established earlier, we have defeated the virus. So why not reopen? Um, yeah, just do everybody back to work. Yeah. Rejoice. Turns out this was not a wise choice. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't say. Not necessarily for reasons of spreading the coronavirus, uh, mostly because there's some lag time with that, but I'm sure that will come up. Um, but rather that um, just because you reopen things doesn't mean that people uh, want to go out to them anymore. Um, so there was this article, Georgia's reopening has been a disaster for some retailers desperate for revenue. So this was, uh, there's a, the quote here uh, in the top line is, is from a um, axe throwing venue. These are popular these days. I I don't know that you have one out where you this are, is, but this is this is one of those things that every time I hear about it, I just like it just cracks me up. Like our society is so dumb. Yeah. We've commoditized that, like, paying to throw an axe at a wall. <laughs> to throw an axe at wood. Like right. just go out into the wood. What? <laughs> um so this was yeah, the, so the the re- they reopened in Atlanta, the bad axe throwing uh company expected uh maybe ten percent of the hundreds of customers on a typical weekend um, and then says that was the worst case scenario, especially with all the marketing we did. The reopening weekend was a disaster. We had two customers all weekend. Um, And uh, as someone uh, pointed out on Twitter, uh, 
governments can't order people to go out and consume. People don't want to go out. And the idea that there's some pent up massive populist energy demanding to go shopping is just wrong. I think there are people who would like to go and get their hair cut because their hair is long. But I don't know that there are that many people who are like ready and raring to go to the mall because every time yeah. I go out, everyone is nervous and trying to stay away from everyone else. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. So I think it's it's just boomers who who are, are inconvenienced just <laughs> embraced the death cult and then um bosses who i mean let's be honest that's like oh yeah essentially absolutely. a sphere of a venn diagram and we've like. seen we've seen some <laughs> of the states have come out and said oh um now that we've lifted the stay-at-home order if you refuse to go back to work um yeah. because of coronavirus then we're yanking your unemployment because that will be you voluntarily quitting which is cool, and I'm sure Just that that great. was actually the, the the plan all along, actually. But um, yeah, no, it's interesting that there are, <laughs> I mean, um, obviously the bosses who, who um, just think that we can click undo on all of this and we they'll start making money again, um, as if that's somehow how this works. <laughs> they just think that they deserve the money, like right. that they don't, in, in their ideology, it's supposed to be that like, well, in a market economy, you just find a, a thing that people actually want and you provide that. Right. So if you can't make money doing the thing you're doing, it's because well, it doesn't I, have the value. So you have to do provide a valuable service. So these people who are like opening their thing and nobody's going to, the answer to them, if they want to approach it from their free market ideology is, well, then you should just change your business, dummy. Yeah. But they don't actually believe that for themselves. Which, they feel uh, entitled. I mean, <laughs> that everyone should come in. That should be all right. And they shouldn't they shouldn't have to actually change their life at all. Right. Uh, and I mean, I know we might be spending too much time talking about this, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so the first thing is that, uh, you know, th the whole thing of being a small business owner and why it's sort of well regarded is because it's like, oh, you took a risk, you know, you 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 made a risky right. investment or whatever. But then the moment that uh, anything bad happens, you go, now, wait a minute. This wasn't supposed to happen to me. And then there's also the aspect of, you know, bosses who are like, well, you, you can't just stop working. That's not how this works. You have to work. I'm entitled to your labor. Yeah, how do what? What? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what oh, I God. love in the, this, this free market. Uh, you're you, you get to choose. You do get to choose to either sell your labor or die. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this, did you see the thing about the uh, the landlords united in New York or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find this because uh, we didn't have it. Landlords in here. union. Yeah. Um, Local 420. They were like, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, God, where's the hang on? Uh, bu -bu -bu. Well, there's a New York Times story that says <clears throat> cancel rent is the new rallying cry for tenants. Landlords are alarmed. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, uh, <laughs> really? Oh, no. Uh, Tell me more. Uh, where is it? Let me find this. Entertain the folks yeah. for a moment. So the thing, the thing, going back to this whole like reopening thing, um, what I think is so crazy about it is that there's almost no thought put into like how this would practically work. Like nobody's applying any sense. Like I know they're talking about reopening restaurants as long as those restaurants can abide by social distancing and stuff like that. But it's like, you can't actually run a restaurant 
pay all the people it costs to run a restaurant and only invite a third of the people into the restaurant as customers because that's the space that you would need. You know what I mean? Like, it's like nobody sat back and thought, well, this doesn't make any logistical sense. And like, to me, that's just like what I see my whole life. Yeah. Like in my work day, everything I do is watching people who have no sense uh, thinking things through logistically, like how would this actually work? Uh, they're just like, oh, well, you know, we, we start with the supposition that this is normal. We start with the supposition that we have to do this and then work back from there. But like, I don't know people's brains, man, people's brains. Yeah. So this is, um, this was a press release from, uh, NYC landlords unite. Um, and they open it uh, big, Big header, uh, the text, we can't breathe, which cool. <laughs> oh, in New York. Very yeah, cool to do. Cool. Yeah. Definitely um, no history with that phrase. Earlier this morning, Governor Cuomo announced an extension to the state's previous moratorium on evictions. It is becoming a reality that the state wants to put landlords in bankruptcy. NYC Landlords United, formed by small landlords across NYC, formed a committee and is preparing a massive mobilization of resources to help landlords stay afloat www.nyclandlordsunited.com launch today. Fun fact, they actually meant to put nyclandlordsunite.com. Um, so someone else bought nyclandlordsunited.com. Uh, uh -huh. And it goes to um, it goes to the Action Network's petition for a rent slash mortgage suspension. <laughs> <laughs> which you'd love to see. Um, but then they love say, we're done playing by the rules, said Gerald Wilder, a member of the Landlords Unite Committee. Gerald. <laughs> our entire lives we spent on buying some properties to feed our families, comma, we don't see a profit, leave be, most of us are on a loss with the vigorous laws New York State passed last year. It will only get worse with tenants encouraged not to pay rent due to COVID-19. Our politicians need to see the truth. Most of us are small-time landlords with no extra money. Most of us are small-time landlords. Uh, NYC Landlords Unite is organizing a class action lawsuit and looking at options of a property tax strike. More than 3,000 landlords citywide have pledged unity for the cause. So I guess they're saying, like, either you give us a break on our payroll tax or on our property taxes or we just won't pay them. Um, but, yeah, no, this is it's sort of remarkable how bad uh, this uh, press release is written, um, littered with grammatical and typographical errors. But also, yeah. um but you really love to see them waking up to solidarity, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they have, uh, but yeah, they've made a, a big um, uh, uh, website, NYC Landlords Unite. Help us help tenants. Uh, our only goal is to make sure that landlords are protected. The concept of property tax, quote unquote, forgiveness is a mirage for protecting, once again, the city institutions in their pockets. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We need to remember that we are the state's customer. Um, my favorite thing is on their resources. Um, they have the New York state Senate contact mm -hmm. and then they have tenant relief. Encourage your tenant to look into rent relief programs to avoid them having a high balance <laughs> as if there's nothing they could do about this. Right. Yeah. Uh, we need to remember oh. that we are the state's customer paying for salaries, social programs, infrastructure, and beyond. We cannot sit idly by as the system continues to bleed us dry. Even tenants continue to receive aids while landlords are offered nothing. No one is considering our expenses, maintenance, landlord slash renter issues, etc. <laughs> Therefore, we ask for a minute of your time to sign this petition and ensure that we the people are protected. 
Um, all I can think about That's to say awesome. in response to this is someone who tweeted uh, a couple weeks ago and they said, um, can I list my landlord as a dependent on my tax return? to see it i will say that also the well, name gerald is one of my jokes uh brought to life because i often say things like gary is short for gerald uh you know so i just love, i'm just glad that someone actually exists with that name sometimes i really think that the the, the whatever programming is like running this simulation we live in mm. is like actually respond it's like doing some sort it's, of weird it's either responding to us or it's very limited and so things repeat <laughs> There's like a machine learning sort of uh, Markov thing about it where it's like it hears us say something enough and it's like, oh, let's put this into reality then. Yeah. this Because this yeah. it doesn't know how to distinguish between what is and isn't perceived as real to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, That's just, my working it's the theory. lathe of heaven. Yeah. So um, the, the thing that I wanted to bring up is kind of not related. I have a hard time finding a transition. So like I just wanted to say like. Uh, transition happening now mm-hmm. um just oh, a thought boy, that i had <laughs> that i want to normalize not thinking you had it can mm-hmm. we do that i think so can yeah. we do that yeah like i don't know why people well, feel this instinctual need to be like i i actually think i had it Aaron, you say i actually you, think you i see, had coronavirus two weeks ago i woke up with a runny nose uh and so <laughs> i think that perhaps i maybe maybe i had it you know maybe and that like, was maybe, it maybe maybe you did but like what, what to what end what is to why <laughs> why what does that mean is that i think a lot of it is people trying to give themselves permission to right not worry or present permission to not have to think about it to be like oh well now this doesn't apply to me well right because you could say well i probably had it and i seem to be fine so i'm good <clears throat> yeah to think maybe like to comfort themselves yeah i think a lot of it is people want to tie themselves into the drama like they want to be part of the narrative mm-hmm. so so they're like well you know i've just been every i hear all these stories of these people dying in new york and the bodies piling up and this crazy stuff going on in the world but i'm just like basically for me it's just involves sitting on my butt at home watching netflix like right there really hasn't been that much uh, but I want to feel involved, so mm. maybe I had it. Maybe I barely survived. We don't really want what we think we desire. Again, just a reminder. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, I've engaged in this. Like, I yeah. think, I, I think I've like thought to myself, like, maybe I did have because, like, I got really sick in December, um, and it turns out there were like some cases in California, but like they were mostly stuck in san francisco i mean the big thing is like we don't know right like yeah everybody's like just constantly frittering frittering about trying to like figure this thing out but we don't know because we just don't have the data and the science to like actually be like here's the thing like Here's like the what we know of. We, we, right. we just don't. Yeah. And it's ongoing, you know? Mm-hmm. And until we have a vaccine, and until that vaccine is distributed to a majority of people, then we're in the same situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The virus isn't just going to disappear. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And that, cause that's how it works. And this is the thing that I said, like at the beginning of this, when I was talking to people, I was like, okay, the thing that you need to understand before all of this happens, and this is the thing I told everybody, it, it is going to take at least 18 months for a vaccine to be created. Mm-hmm. Then it may take some time for that vaccine to get to people. Until then, it's weird times. Yeah. Nothing's going to be normal. Yeah. And the moment people think, well, maybe it's going to get back to, it's not because you have no vaccine. People have not been inoculated or uh, uh, vaccinated. So that's, that's what you need to understand. Like to me, that was like very clear and it feels like nobody gets that. Yeah. But basically we just need to stop it. Stop, stop trying to, <laughs> to rationalize the nope. thing. Stop yeah. trying to. Stop saying like, yeah, I think I had it. Like just <sighs> normalize yeah, not just, knowing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Just I don't uh, know. That's yeah. my rant. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh let's uh, there's a there's some uh, there's a lot of energy. Let's let's get rid of it here. <laughs> um and let's talk about something positive. Um The New Yorker had an I article like. or Jeez. Oh, mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. The New Yorker. I did this. It was my energy. <laughs> my my orgone energy. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, the New Yorker had an article by uh, Kim Stanley Robinson entitled The Coronavirus is Rewriting Our Imaginations. And this is um, actually a positive article about coronavirus. Um, and the sort of it talks about the efforts we've undertaken, um, which have been pretty stark. Um, you know, all of the flatten the curve efforts with shutdowns and lockdowns and things like that so it's a very good article to read um the bit that i liked uh or the bits that i liked were towards the end uh where uh it says margaret thatcher said there is no such thing as society and ronald reagan said that government is not the solution to our problem government is the problem these stupid slogans mark the turn away from the post-war period of reconstruction another in much of the bullshit of the past 40 years we are individuals first yes just as bees are but we exist in a larger social body society is not only real it's fundamental we can't live without it and now we're beginning to understand that this we includes many other creatures and societies in our biosphere and even in ourselves um just uh, a repudiation of the sort of individualism that we've been uh dealing yeah. with for some time our, now. our century of self as it were oh uh, yeah um and then also, right now, we're hearing two statements being made. One from the president in his circle, we have to save money even if it costs lives. The other from the CDC and similar organizations, we have to save lives even if it costs money. Which is more important, money or lives? Money, of course, says Capital and its spokespersons. Really? People reply, uncertainly. Seems like maybe that's going too far, even if it's the conventional wisdom, or was. And I think this is a good point, that I think... Um, you know, as much as there are these astroturfed protests to reopen things, it's clear that the majority of people are actually pretty anxious about reopening things at this point. Um, yeah. And I think people are questioning all of these efforts to, you know, get them back to work or whatever without proper safety precautions and without, um, you know, really any sort of um, because these people to do know their bosses. It. Right. Right. Yeah. These people are familiar with the dumb choices and lack of preparation that they've seen in their workplaces in the past, which weren't like life or death situations. Right. And it's your, just your company is insisting, but oh, now your life's on the line <laughs> and your company's insisting, Oh, we're taking all the right steps to make sure that you're prepared. And it's like, yeah, I totally believe that. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think this is interesting in that this this whole uh, situation, this whole crisis is sort of bringing these things to the fore and making people think about these things that they have not uh, needed to think about before, or at least in a long time. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's an and interesting time. Um, as I've had interesting experiences talking to people who I would never have pegged as holding these kind of ideas in the past, but I see them questioning our economic model and our social system and our political system and being able to talk with them, not in political terms. Right. But in just like, um, I don't know, even know how, how I would phrase it, but I mean, we would say like maybe Marxist terms, right. Or like class terms, like just talking to them about on a level of like, yeah, people don't value you. That's crazy, huh? Like they would rather you put your life at risk so that they can earn a living. And, and, and it's funny to see this like opening, everyone's opening their third eye a little bit, you know, like to me, that's reassuring because it means that I can have discussions with people that I didn't think I could have before. Right. And that, there's this sort of a little bit of an awakening now, like I'm not trying to read too much into that. Like I'm not super hopeful that like at the tail end of this thing, we're going to have like a revolution. Like, I just don't think that's happening. Like I think we'll just return to normal, but worse. Yeah. And everyone will suffer from it and it will just exacerbate what's going on. Right. Sorry to be a bummer. But but. the thing that, uh, uh, Kim Stanley Robinson says is that this is a, um, uh, you know, we we stand at the precipice of of the potential for great change. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens whether we actually decide to make any great changes or not. Um, it makes makes the point that you know, um, even if we do go back to normal, however normal we can get, we we won't forget this for for some time. You know, th- this whole all of the actions that we've undertaken, the lockdowns and flattening the curve and all that, that will remain in our memory for a while. Um, yeah. And, and he, and I think he a believes lot of people that it's, will, it's somewhat inspiring and in that it shows that we can work as a society to, um, you know, uh, accomplish big things like slowing the progression of a virus. Right. Like it was impossible. And then they said, do it. And it happened. And, and it's like, Oh, and, and we now we're getting to the point where just, people are like, Oh, well, well now we didn't need to do that. <laughs> We've gone through the looking glass with it. And people are like, see, it wasn't so bad. And it's like, no, the reason that it wasn't so bad is because <laughs> we made we it not so thing. bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's always going to be knuckleheads, but yeah. yeah, to me, it is inspiring to see like people's minds changing and they're really starting to think about this stuff, but it's also kind of scary. To be like, there's just people whose brains aren't working and they're not really conceptualizing that like a 9 11's happening every day. Yep. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like that number of people are dying. And we're just, we, so, we, we, we cannot help but to be sort of numb to it because to have the yeah. level of shock that we had with 9 11 every day would just not be possible. Sustainable. You yeah. couldn't do it. Right. Yeah, the the sheer number of terrible country songs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just you couldn't even listen to them all. Uh, right. They'd yeah. be, there's just too many. So that's 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 it. That's the that's thing. a wrap that's, for season. That's the season three. That's a wrap. Uh, but as I mentioned previously, we are going to be looking into doing some special episodes. Um, I think we workshop some concepts for some here, but the one that I think is uh, that we're definitely going to do is one about transit and transportation systems, because I have a lot yeah. to talk about there. Um, so that will be exciting. Um, 
not entirely sure if that will come uh, next week as normal or at a different time. We'll see. But anyway, um, yeah, we might be taking a, a little bit of a break to like build up a ca- a, a catalog of stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, don't don't expect like super regularity. But uh, but we're not going to disappear no- completely for as as we typically do during these breaks. Right. So we'll still be putting some stuff out. Here. I will say, if you would like us to cover a specific topic, the the goal of the special episodes would be to like cover a specific topic or area, sort of in depth, rather than our sort of grab bag of nonsense like we normally do. Yeah. Um. If you uh, would like for us to talk about something in particular, um, please let us know. We may do it or we may not do it, depending on whether we think we have anything funny to say about it or not. But uh, <laughs> or any anything interesting. To, like, yeah. I don't know what I would talk. Maybe I'd, I'd do a fried rice episode um, <laughs> or, you know, I could I could do something on like gardening or on uh, if you're interested in learning about like permaculture concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That kind of, th- I mean, there's a lot anyway, I can talk about. Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's our TED but Talks. But let us know what you're interested in, I guess, is the thing. <laughs> right, yeah. Because I don't want to go on and on about something nobody cares about. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, get in contact with us. Uh, and uh, stay safe. We're all in this together. In this difficult time. <laughs> in this difficult time. We're all rooting for each other. So stay safe. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this I'm trying and I'm learning Thank you for your patience There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no 